Station 2, San Jose Avenue. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Academy Awards nominations were released at 5 a.m. this morning, so I got up at 6 a.m., checked to see if Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse got a Best Picture nomination. It didn't. Total robbery. And then I went back to bed. But not my colleague Mick LaSalle. He had been covering the nominations for most of the day when I recruited him for a Datebook podcast episode, breaking down the 91st Academy Awards with me and Chronicle-style reporter Tony Bravo. Roma and The Favorite each got 10 nominations, including Best Picture, but equally newsworthy was the continued strength of Bohemian Rhapsody, a movie that got so-so reviews from critics, but became an enormous box office hit and won a Best Picture Golden Globe. Mick Tony and I talked about that and also put a big focus on the actor and actress nominations. Mick offers detailed reasoning who will win that'll help you with your Oscars pool. Also, Tony explains why it doesn't really matter that there's no host this year, because the style of Lady Gaga, Bjork, Cher, and Madonna could save this Academy Awards. Maybe throw in a Debbie Allen interpretive dance number, too. Hope you enjoy our analysis. Datebook Podcast, thanks for listening. Welcome to the Datebook Podcast, Mick LaSalle and Tony Bravo. Together again, at last. Together again. <laughs> I expected a little jet lag because you got up at what time this Five morning? Five in the morning. Five, Five in the morning. morning. Yeah, yeah. How long have you been been doing that? You know, not for that long. It probably maybe five to ten years. In the in the earlier days of the Chronicle, we didn't care so much about the Oscars. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was because we, you know, we had. Yeah, we had 600,000 circulation, so we didn't have to do anything. But now we have to work for it. Well, I, we're <laughs> going to talk about the Oscar nominations. But um, what, what's your strategy for, for, for getting up that early? I mean, Well, I mean, this is, the, the first time, this is the first time I've ever done it this way. I just went to bed at 1030 at night. Yeah. And I, I, was telling, I was saying earlier that, that uh, my, my usual schedule, I, I try, if I can get to bed by like 1230, I, I'm thinking I'm doing something good. Usually... I'm not asleep until like 1.30 yeah. because a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm going to the movies and I come home at 10. I'm, I, you know, who wants to go to bed at 11 if you just walk through the door at 10? And so, but last night I, I just, I, I, I disciplined myself to go to sleep at 10.30 and, uh, and then I got up about 15 minutes ahead of the alarm at 5 this morning. So you get up uh, 5 a.m., somebody's son or daughter walks up to the podium and then... How are you? How are you feeling? Were you disappointed? Were you surprised? Do you do you notice anymore? Um, well, y- you know, you know, I mean, I, I know that both you guys will know what I'm talking about, and I, I hope the the listeners do will understand that when we do these things, we're not really thinking that much about if this is, you know, if this is, do, do I agree with this or do I? Like, I mean, and to an extent, yes, we are, but to an extent, it's it's a story. You know, it's like Dan Rather when Kennedy was assassinated said that he, he, it took him a week to like really feel anything, and then he was like all of a sudden he broke down. So I don't really feel anything right now. It's more <laughs> like I'm looking at it and saying, oh, this is interesting, and I, and it'll be like, oh, this is interesting, good. This is interesting, bad. But it's more like this is a story. Uh, but you know, I think my big takeaway was that 
for me, it was an extremely vibrant year. And this is a pretty, you know, blandish list. It's good. These are good movies, but it doesn't seem to capture the the, 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 the true flavor and essence and, and bigness of 2018 as a year for movies. Are you talking about the best picture or overall all the nominations? Well, in a way, overall, but definitely best best picture. I mean, you know, I'm looking at... Uh, you know, Bohemian Rhapsodies. It's a good movie. Uh, I everybody loves Roma, so I don't. You know, so I have to just. I mean, not yeah. so. I don't. I I just don't. I think it's okay. I know you really liked it, Peter, didn't you? Yeah, no, I enjoyed it quite yeah. a bit. But but I liked some other movies more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Vice. I don't. I, I, more as I think of movies like Blind Spotting and 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 several others. Uh, that just seemed more exciting. It seemed like a predictable list in many ways. It seemed yeah. like after a couple of years of being really concerned about um, expanding representation in the nominee categories, we kind of retracted a little bit in terms of wider representation. Hmm. Um, and I agree. There were movies that were left out and performances that were left out that I really missed that I think would have been acknowledged in a different year. Uh, what are you thinking of? Um, I'm specifically thinking of John David Washington in Black Klansman. I find it extremely ironic that the one actor nominated in it is a white actor, mm-hmm. yeah. Adam Driver. Well, he was good. He was he was really good. In that, he was though. good, but quite frankly, you don't have that film without John David Washington. So yeah. that was a bit of a surprise for me. Well, the the one thing that I I that consoles me a little bit is that with. The, with, with this uh, new voting, the new voting now is, is 10 years old, but with the new voting that they have, this this ranked voting, it it allows people to, in in a sense, vote against other people a little bit or uh, other or actually other movies. So in the, in the last 10 years, whatever is the favorite usually loses. And so I'm hoping that the favorite being Roma right now I'm hoping that maybe Black Klansmen might win. Um, I, it, you know, I'm hoping that that becomes the favorite, like the favorite, like the day before, because I think that would be just a more. He would just have more of the feeling for what 2018 was, Black yeah. Klansmen, more than, more than, um, and more than Roma, and and more than some of these other ones. I mean, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody is, is something you you could have made 20 years ago, really, and. Um, Star is Born I really liked a lot, but to me that's like a traditional Academy movie, whereas Black Klansman would be kind of uh, exciting. I'll tell you, I totally agree with you about 2018, and you wrote about this throughout the year, how this is a good year for movies, yeah. and, and you were you were very steadfast in that. And I don't feel like these um, these nominations reflect that. The only thing I can think is that a lot of the reasons we thought it was a good year were for different reasons, or maybe it was genre films. Like I loved Beale Street, if Beale Street could yeah. talk. Yeah. But I also love Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And, yeah. and I'm someone who likes animation and superhero films. I thought it was a great year for horror films, but none of those are going to get nominated. And I wonder good if point. we just all think, and you liked Vox Lux, which didn't get anything didn't do anything. Here. No. So I'm wondering if we just like all liked different stuff, and it really was a good year, but we're just not seeing it here. I think you might be right about that, because I was thinking of things that I particularly liked that, that you know, not only did the Academy ignore, but, I mean, how, how am I supposed to, you know, get on a high horse about Vox Lux not getting nominated for anything when nobody else liked it? You know, I mean, they liked it, but nobody 
took it seriously, or Disobedience is a movie that I loved, or The Oath, which I absolutely loved, but a lot of people really didn't like at all. Uh, I tried to show that to my wife, actually, and she said, could you, you know, turn this off? She, she, she didn't like it at all. After I, I said, no, stick with it, stick with it. We, she lasted 50 minutes, didn't like it. I thought it was one of the better movies of the year, maybe you know, one of the top five. So yeah, it could be that we're all seeing like different parts of the elephant, and it's like a good elephant, but if you, if you just... <laughs> take one piece of it it's still going to seem disappointing so in a way like the academy is like the fourth person at the table and their list is is as, as inadequate as my list would be to you or to tony you know what i'm saying but but at the same time yeah it it's it's in general a healthy year for movies Very and i'm healthy. just sitting here like upset that tea with the dames did not get the best <laughs> documentary nomination i mean there was no more i think essential moment in screen viewing this year than wanting to just lock myself up in a screening room and hear kind english voices talking about the intricacies of tea with maggie smith joan flowery <laughs> etc you know i mean it, I, I think that really sums it up for me i i, I thought it was you know the snubs always come out and i always tell people if someone was snubbed you have to say who you're going to take off the list ah yes but uh, <laughs> the two that i heard and i, I really like this the one was bradley cooper for director i think a lot of people because he's a big name and star is born i didn't think that was that big of a deal the other one i heard was documentary would you be my neighbor the oh i, yeah, I saw absolutely. a lot of twitter chatter on that and i thought it was excellent but i, I just thought it was interesting that a documentary was one of the top snubs because everybody just loves mr everybody rogers. loves mr it rogers was a year though of kind of comfort viewing in some of the documentary categories yeah. like tea with the dames for me was comfort viewing in a year of a lot of harsh news and so yeah, was yeah. the mr rogers stock quite frankly yeah you're living in a time where we don't have a lot of mr rogers like figures so yeah the nostalgia made sense yeah actually yeah i was talking to somebody at the film festival and they said that that mr rogers that the mr rogers documentary was such a hit for them and they think that it had something to do with trump yeah yeah that's because he's like the anti-Trump, I guess. I mean, I mean, he's, yeah, pure, yeah. pure kindness, um, <laughs> pure cardigan. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, sorry, I'm envisioning Trump in a cardigan now, and it's it's derailing me from this podcast. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at these Best Picture uh, nominees, and Bohemian Rhapsody is the one that stands out to me. I enjoyed the film. Rami Malek sat in that very chair you're sitting in. Wow. And. I enjoyed it. I, it's almost like the film, It's. I feel like it's almost done a disservice to the film nominating it for all these nominations because <laughs> now I'm starting to feel badly about it when yeah, I didn't I at mean. all. Yeah, I know yeah. you mean. I know, I know, I know. It, yeah, I know. These nominations put me in a position of, of saying bad things about a movie that I liked. I know both of you liked that one, but quite frankly, it was not on my list. I thought it was a karaoke performance and Rami Malek's a nice guy, but I'm a little uncomfortable watching a, a heterosexual identified person play a real life queer person in a film it just was not my favorite well, it, it, you know it's funny I, I went with, I went with uh, my wife and, and a gay couple and at the end of it um, I said to one of them I said this movie seems like anti-gay to me I said am I, I said, because it's about a guy who if only he stayed with the nice woman he wouldn't have died yeah. Right. So I said, is this I said, and one of them said, yeah, I was thinking the same thing that the way the movie is constructed that they felt. And then the other guy said, that's completely nuts. And this is a great movie. <laughs> but uh, I noticed that wasn't in your review. I don't think. No, I didn't put it in the review yeah, because yeah. it's not my place to say this. And I mean, look, no, I, but I'm going to say it. You, so I, I <laughs> yeah. feel that way, too. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, it, good. It really okay. bothered me. Yeah. 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 yeah I 
do you have a do you have a rooting interest like when when you go to cover this yeah. pick are you going to be like god i hope that movie doesn't win or or oh wow well uh you know i mean a little it 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 depends i mean sometimes if there's something on there that i really really love then then i ha- then i will have a big rooting interest i can you know i can't help it or if it's especially with performances and i the, the category i usually care the most about Actually, is is best actress. I just have a my own just way of looking at movies. I just find I just find women more interesting than men, and so that's the category I usually care about. With best picture, I just have a a vague acceptance of the fact that I'm always going to be a little bit disappointed. Um, I I don't know. There's nothing here that I mean. I would love to see the favorite win, even though it was like eleventh in my top ten. Um, it wouldn't break my heart to see a, a Star is Born win, but I'd probably prefer of all of them to see Black Klansmen win. On the other hand, uh, if, I, if something that wasn't those things happened, the thing I would like to see happen is something abominable. <laughs> so I'd love to see like Bohemian Rhapsody win because that, that just makes for a better story. It's, it's something just, to write about, yeah. Yeah, it's just fun. It's like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> so that would be fun. Uh, but you know, like Black Panther winning would be just kind of a dud as far as the story is concerned. Oh, oh, so disagree. Oh, I yeah? think with the Oakland connection, I mean, Black Panther is the one that I have kind of a sentimental, um, is my sentimental That's favorite. That's yours? Okay. Um, I'm not, I like comic book movies a lot. I don't like every comic book movie by any means. This I went back and saw three times in Did theaters. you really? I, I wow. thought it was fantastic. I thought visually wow. it was one of the most compelling movies of the year. I thought the, um, the storytelling in it, the... Killmonger versus T'Challa, um, overall yeah. political conversation, and it was totally fascinating in this year to, to observe. Um, so Black Panther would be kind of my favorite of the That disruptors. would be a favorite. I think that Vice is going to suffer the most, though, because I think in Hollywood, people are going to think a vote for either Christian Bale or for the movie is, like, weirdly a vote for Dick Cheney. <laughs> so I would be shocked, actually, if um, either Christian's performance or the movie ended up getting either of those categories. All right. I would be shocked if Christian Bale doesn't win. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what. I'm going to do my thing here, okay? All right. So who are the, the nominations, right? So I have my way of doing this. Uh, I got to get my list up here. All right, so here's how it works. You only win if you uh, are playing like a chameleonic performance, right? So in that case, you throw Bradley Cooper out because he looks more or less like Bradley Cooper. But then you have you got four Halloween costumes. Viggo Mortensen is a fat guy, Rami Malek, <laughs> right? You got Willem Teeth. Dafoe <laughs> as Willem, yeah, right. Willem Dafoe there for as Van Gogh, and then you got Christian Bale's vice. Then. For some reason, the people who win tend to be people who have been nominated before. I got it in that category of the men. Women usually win first time out or they don't win. Um, Christian Bale, I think, has been nominated for Best Actor. He must have been. I haven't checked. He has to have been. I would imagine he has to have been. Best Supporting, he's won, and I know he's been nominated in that category more than once. Okay, so let's let's say I'm right about that. Also, for some reason, after the age of 60, you don't win. So Defoe is 63, Viggo Mortensen is 60. So I don't know if that's after the age of 60. But anyways, and and before the age of like 38, you don't win, and that's Rami Malek, plus he hasn't been nominated before. So everything in this case, all the different factors point towards Christian Bale winning for Vice. And I, I haven't looked at any of the odds or anything, but just like the traditional 
that you know the way it works i think i think he's going to win i mean this you know they they're attracted to halloween costume type performances and that's the way it is. And, and God knows nobody loves a good weight gain or weight loss story <laughs> as much as Hollywood does. Christian Bale, I think, just chooses roles at this point based on how much he either gets to starve himself oh or God. overeat <laughs> in the lead up to filming. Did you ever see did you ever see the one where he starved himself? M- yes, the machinist? The yeah, machinist. yeah. Yes. Yes. yeah I you know, I, I read about fashion and even I said I think he's a little too thin in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that movie and I was I, I, I was watching that movie and I thought I was watching it for 20 minutes, and I thought, I wonder when Christian Bale is going to show up. Oh, no. And he was, I was, I, then I was, is that, that's him. And then he got skinny in the boxer again. He got, yeah. uh, he gained weight for American Hustle. I, I mean, just what does this man's insides look like from all of this trauma he's been going <laughs> I through? Know. Can Christian Bale just play a character that either requires like full latex prosthetics where he doesn't have to do any of the physical changes himself or someone that's just an average build, average weight guy. Yeah, I always wonder about these. Like, are these guys getting kidney failure? <laughs> or are we contributing to them? Like like watching football is contributing to CT. Well, when he did The Machinist, his diet was to eat nothing, just smoke all day and eat an apple at the oh, end God, of the that's day. Crazy. That's healthy. That's yeah. super crazy. He just smoked Again, all day. fashion industry diet if I've ever heard one. Yeah, that, that's true. That's well, I, true. I want to compliment your analysis there. I'm going straight to Las Vegas because that sounds <laughs> rock solid well, to me. Too. There's a system there. <laughs> There's a system, yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about the actual awards, and I wanted to ask you, Tony, February 24th, 2019, we're going to have these nominees with no host, but Lady Gaga's there. What... Do the, do the Academy Awards matter anymore? Are they getting oh, less Peter, of a I'm big so thing? I'm so glad you brought up Lady Gaga. Every <laughs> year for any award show since I was a child, I would pray that either Cher, Madonna, eventually Bjork, and now oh, Bjork. Lady Gaga <laughs> would show up to make that red carpet interesting. It has become so overstyled and so safe. Everybody in nude heels and borrowed jewelry and... I want Lady Gaga to get birthed out of an egg. I want Bjork to lay it. I want Cher to wear that hat. And I want Madonna to just show up jealous of the fact that Lady Gaga got nominated for an Oscar. Oh, yeah. I I think we've got some good drama in the works here, um, to say nothing of the controversy of the um, previously announced host. Well, let's let's talk about that. Kevin Hart, um, he was announced as the host, and then some old tweets came out. People started focusing on what he was saying in his comedy, very homophobic. Then, given the chance to apologize, I'm sure they would have let it skate. He said, no, I already I already apologized. I mean, first no, of all, you can't apologize enough. Second of all, he didn't. So I, I am of a couple of different minds about this, all of which agree that Kevin Hart should not have been asked to host the Oscars based on that. First of all, I I can't laugh about the fact that he threatened violence on his son. He threatened to break a dollhouse over his son's head if he ever found him, quote, acting gay. Now, I'm not exactly sure what it means to act gay, but perhaps Kevin Hartless can explain that to us in another brilliant tweet. Um, You know, in a country where children are still being abused and in some cases killed for perceived gay orientation by family members, that's really not funny. Um, Secondly, Kevin Hart eventually came out and said it wasn't his dream to be an ally to the gay community in his, you know, quest for redemption. Uh, Well, Kevin, (laughs) hate to break this to you, but I have talked to the gay community. It is not our dream to have you be an ally either. We would just prefer that you apologize and 
quietly go wait somewhere until, you know, somebody is willing to hire you in a supporting actor part in an independent film and your redemption tour. <laughs> well, we Ask got the, Isaiah Washington how that's working out. We got the second part of that. He has he has gone away and they decided no host. Yeah, no um, host. And I, Interesting. I don't, I don't understand. I understand like... It's the worst job on earth. It's the worst job. Hugh Jackman or Lin-Manuel yeah. Miranda would take some prep to do a song and dance, but I would have thought they could have gotten a comedian or someone to come up. Do you think no one wanted to do it or do you think they honestly thought the best thing to do is to have no host? I don't know. I, I tell you, I wouldn't want to do it. I mean, it's it's really, the 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 Academy Awards. That used to be a, a much a much better gig, when they were at. I maybe it was the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, but wherever it was in the early '80s, where the audience it was it was very dark out there. So you can make a joke about somebody without the camera going immediately to their face. Because what happens is somebody makes a joke about somebody, and then the camera goes to that person, and that person decides if it's okay not only for the audience in there to laugh but the audience at home because it just makes you terribly uncomfortable to see somebody being made fun of even though that's a lot of humor you know it's like actual mockery so i it's it's just a terrible gig i think it's the it's it's the worst gig i think the best you can do in that job is survive so who knows maybe people didn't take it yeah have there been I, i haven't kept up with this have there been people who have publicly um, rejected the I, offer? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I haven't I seen so anything. Peter and I will do it, quite frankly. We're not <laughs> afraid of making fun of celebrities to their faces. That's right. We've both co-hosted the Lishies, the in-house yes, Chronicle video oh, yeah, contest. You've co-hosted that. We both have. <laughs> frankly, I think the Academy would accept that as, as <laughs> yes. worthy experience. It's yeah. a it's a blank slate. I don't know what they're going to do. Tony, what do you hope they do? What, what would be like the perfect Academy Awards? And you gave you gave your dream scenario involving a few of the participants, but what would you like to see? Pretty good songs. I thought Can this... we bring back Debbie Allen and her dancers doing <laughs> interpretive movement oh, to the wow. scores? I mean, that was always so, I, I loved that because it was so bad. Yeah, you know what? Bad. I'll take Rob Lowe and Snow White, quite frankly. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. I forgot about the, the uh, interpretive dance. Yeah. That was about, what about, 20 years ago? Maybe. Yeah, it, it it was a very significant part of my childhood, the <laughs> Debbie Allen dancers. I'm yeah. still looking forward to In Memoriam because I, I like watching it. It's I always like very it. emotional. There's usually a good musical yeah. number. And I also, the, the outrage on social media on who got left off. I'm going to be that person. Yeah. yeah. Like, really, you one. left off the third cinematographer <laughs> on that 1948 film. How dare you, Academy? <laughs> should be ashamed of yourself. Um, I am looking forward to Gaga performing, though, by the way. I'm That's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to a lot of the musical performance. We have a Kendrick Lamar song. Oh, um, we have amazing. A, we have the Bad Mary Poppins one, but we have the Kendrick Lamar song. And, um, yeah. and also Bohemian Rhapsody, I don't think because they're not original songs, yeah, they yeah. weren't nominated, but I think Brian May and uh, the I think Roger Taylor's the drummer, um, they might show up. There might be something fun with that. Adam I'm Lambert not... is now the lead singer yeah. um, in Freddie Mercury's place. That could be exciting. As long as Rami Malek doesn't go up there and lip sync some more. Oh. <laughs> so, Mick, who do you like for lead actress? That you know, If that being your category that you pay yeah, the most attention to. Yeah, that's usually the one to. I care about the most. Does Glenn Close have a chance, given the stats you um, just said about it's usually first nomination yeah. for younger actress? Well, okay, so the way it usually works with... Uh, Okay, so with Best Actress, the way it is is that it the chameleonic thing also applies. So you don't if you're a chameleon performance, you win. You you and and you can't win if you're just playing somebody that is a little bit like you. So Lady Gaga gone, that's out. 
It also helps to be under uh, 35. Oh, and also uh, Yulitsa Aparicio, she's gone because nobody knows who she is. So that everybody's just assume, well, well, that's what she's like. She may be completely different, but that nobody has any association. Can I with say her. though, there's a little wrinkle in this for, yeah. for betters. I think if she was under 15 years old, she'd still have a chance. Oh. The unknown under 15 year old, I think, still has a chance in this category uh, or yes. in the supporting actor actress category. The Tatum O'Neill role, I yes, believe the, it's referred yeah. to. Tatum O'Neill, Anna Paquin. But yeah. anyway, I've, they're, I've they're a little bit you. yeah, they're a little bit looser with with uh, the supporting thing. So so then so the people usually win that you, it's a chameleonic performance by somebody who's under 35 and being nominated in the category for the first time. So. Melissa McCarthy's nominated for the first time, but she's not under 35. Olivia Coleman is being nominated for the first time, but she's not under 35. And Glenn Close is being nominated for like the millionth time, and she's like way not under 35. So the 35-year-old thing doesn't apply. So the, maybe the, the first-time thing applies. They're both chameleonic. Olivia, I would say it's going to be Olivia Coleman based on that because she, it's the first nominee, first nomination, Everybody knows she's not really Queen Anne, uh, but if it's not that, then it'll be Melissa McCarthy. But I don't think it's going to be Glenn Close unless they decide to do something nice for somebody who, you know, has been around for years and and uh, came so close so many times and now has her probably, you know, last shot at it. Well, yeah. let's hope it's not the last shot. But I, I know I've it's noticed in all know. the years I've watched, though, the sentimental favorites in the actress categories, whether supporting or lead, haven't gotten it. Lauren right. Bacall did not get it the year she was nominated for The Mirror Has Two Faces. Yep. Juliette Binoche did. And my God, that was that was really would have been the cherry on the Sunday of an amazing career for Lauren Bacall to have gotten it. Um, yeah. Other, yeah, so yeah. There's there's been a whole list of of people like that. Uh, Gloria Stewart from Titanic, the one per yeah. the one person that got nominated in Titanic that didn't win an award that night, and she was 400 years old at that point. <laughs> she, and then she went on to be like 500 years old. <laughs> she just kept on going. Uh, yeah, no, the sentimental favorites thing uh, stopped with with Lauren Bacall losing, and and there's no more sentimental thing like no Ruth like, Gordon. Yeah, like John Wayne winning, which was ridiculous, but it was because it was John Wayne. Well, well, Stallone didn't win. I was sure Stallone was going to win for Creed. I and was then, too. Um, uh, the guy on Bridge of Spies, great actor. Yeah, but, um, yeah. but we can't think of his name. So, oops. <laughs> well, that's it. I can't. I'm <laughs> Mark so, Rylance. No, no, I can't. Mark Rylance. Thank you. And I, I want credit for coming up with Bridge of Spies because that's no pretty good. No, no Mark Rylance is a great actor, but certainly. Stallone is the greater marquee name there, the one that we would think the big Hollywood establishment might give the the um, yeah. award to. I very much agree that Olivia Coleman's going to win, not only um, because of the strategy you described, but um, she has a big year coming up kind of internationally and in Hollywood. She's taken over the role of Queen Elizabeth II in The Crown. Um, mm -hmm. She's had a long career in England that yeah. Americans are now just starting to be more aware of. My, the one that I really would root for, though, is Melissa McCarthy's incredible performance as Lee Israel. I thought that was such an incredibly nuanced, interesting story um, about writers. There's not a lot of great movies about writers, but the few that there are 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 very good. And I think that this falls into that category. I I, I would be yeah I would be happy to see Melissa McCarthy win. I think another reason why Olivia Coleman might win is um, I was talking to this French guy one time, and I said, why does Isabel Adjani, how did she win? It was like a year where everybody was great except for Isabel Adjani, this is for the Cesar Awards. Mm -hmm. And he said, because it's really easy to vote for Isabel Adjani because it's like nobody's competing against her. It's like she's she basically swoops in every five years and does one role, so it, nobody's losing a part to Isabel Adjani. So I think in a way, Olivia Coleman being like from another world 
is in a in a way at an advantage because nobody's mad at her. You know, she's just she's not nobody lost a role to Olivia Coleman. She just is somebody that they don't know. She's not a factor. So watching her win won't make anybody throw up. Yeah. Like having your enemy win. <laughs> I just wonder, though, too, if Glenn Close is going to build any momentum off of really what kind of the theme and the subject matter of the wife was, you know, about women having to take a backseat quite frequently. It just feels like it would be an appropriate victory, not only given her longevity and the number of career nominations that she's had, but also based on what society at large and what Hollywood is starting to look at in the last two years, especially with things like Me Too and Time's Up. Yeah. They say it's going to be a three-hour Oscars. Oh, oh, since betting, since going to Las Vegas has become a theme of this podcast, what do you think the chances are this will even get three hours, ten minutes? The last one was, I think, 3.55. Was it really? 3.50 or 3.55. Oh, because they had it. They, yeah, yeah. Okay. Three hours, 15 I minutes. I said, bring on the Debbie Allen dancers. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the show is not for me. Yeah. I mean, I never, I never watched it until I was writing about it. I always checked in I, I i was one of those people who i'd i'd, I'd you know, turn on the tv like a half hour before it was over so whoever the show is it's, it's not for me and i don't know any it's a strange thing everybody watches the show and everybody makes fun of it but maybe everybody makes fun maybe everybody watches it in order to make fun of it yeah I've always loved award shows. I, I grew up watching them. I remember Joan Rivers on that red carpet and all yeah. of the the best and weirdest performances for nominated songs. And again, the Debbie Allen dancers. But I have to say, I think the script, <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing for it. Debbie Allen, it's your year. Make a comeback. You can be the host. No, no announcements, just interpretive movement to, to get us from section to section. Um, you know, I really think that whoever is writing the scripts for most of these award shows, I mean, that's also another thankless job, but let's yeah. get some fresh blood in there or let's yeah. bring Bruce Valanche back or just like the, the, the humor is not quite so present. So if hosts are having a difficult time, I would say get better writers. Yeah. And these things should be fun. They should be romps. They should be something that takes our mind off of all the awful things going on in the world. And sometimes they are the awful thing going on in the world. <laughs> so I hope we don't have seven hours of, oh, of no host, uh, no fun Academy Awards this year. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, I, I think that's a good way to end it. Um, February 24th is the Academy Awards. We will be writing... Uh, leading up to it and on that night. And Mick LaSalle and Tony Bravo, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Datebook Podcast, thanks for listening. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Mick LaSalle and Tony Bravo. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producers are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke, and our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is Mozart's Symphony 40 in G minor by Blue Dot Sessions. Read our columns and subscribe to the Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.